0: i Chris Oaks, and coming up today, is that a building coming down the road? Some serious logistics involved in relocating an entire apartment complex from downtown to the South End. It'll happen later today. Also this morning, State Representative John Cross getting set to officially launch his campaign for another term in the Ohio legislature, but this time he'll have competition for the nomination. He'll join us to talk about it. In case you missed it, if you're not feeling so holly jolly this year, we'll tell you how not to ruin Christmas amid the deadlines, the family drama, and everything else that can stress you out. And we'll get an update on December programs and events amid progress on new facilities at the Findlay YMCA. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, December 5th, 2023. With the holidays... Christmas candy season, but for every beloved bit of Christmas sweets, there are those that either get tossed or avoided altogether. CandyStore.com is out with their list of the worst Christmas candy. (laughs) CandyStore.com. They polled more than 7,000 of their users To find the holiday fruitcake of candies. The worst of the lot, according to the poll, the worst Christmas candy is the holiday version of many people's least favorite Halloween treat, and that being candy corn. The reindeer candy corn is the worst Christmas candy, according to CandyStore.com's poll. Uh, Coming in at number two, Christmas nougat. Uh, which is just like regular nougat, but in Christmas colors with added bits of that candied fruit. The third least favorite is uh, a bit controversial, just like there are those who love candy corn. There are those who love cherry cordials, and yet on this year's list, they are the third uh, worst candy. So, candy, uh, the uh, cherry cordials. The fourth least liked, uh, non-peppermint candy canes. If you're going to do candy canes, it has to be peppermint. Anything else, no thank you. And rounding out the top five, Holiday Peeps. (laughs) Which is one of the least favorite Easter treats. And the makers of Peeps said, hey, we can ruin Christmas too. So, we'll... (laughs) <laughs> Holiday Peeps. Uh, ribbon Candy. Old Fashioned Ribbon Candy. Ranked 6th. And uh, something else that you might find at your grandparents' house. Old Fashioned Hard Candies. Ranked 7th on the list of worst Christmas candies. Uh, let's see here. The rest of the top 10. lifesavers, Storybooks. Coming in at number 8. Chocolate Oranges at number 9. And Peppermint Bark at Number 10 on the list of the worst holiday candy. So those are the ones to avoid um, for uh, Christmas. Very important stuff uh, here to uh, start the day. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy uh, stories. Oxford University Press is out with their word of the year. Remember Merriam-Webster, the dictionary people, um, picked their word of the year last week, and it was authentic. Well, now... Uh, The Oxford University Press, uh, competing dictionary people, uh, have picked their word of the year, and it is Riz. Riz. They say it was chosen as an interesting example of how language can be formed, shaped, and shared within communities. Riz is kind of a slang term defined as style, charm, or attractiveness. And has become very popular online among younger generations. So Riz, the word of the year, according to Oxford University Press. I just don't find that very authentic. See what I did there? Um, speaking of lists, Time Magazine is out with their short list of the nominees for 2023 Person of the Year. They won't actually announce the... Person of the Year until tomorrow, I guess. Is that right? Tomorrow? Wednesday? It's this Wednesday. Yeah. But they have a list of the nominees, the short list for Person of the Year. Uh, Let's see here. It says, uh, Time Magazine unveiled their final list of candidates for the honor. Yesterday, on the list, Taylor Swift, Barbie, the Hollywood Strikers, Chinese President Xi Jinping, OpenAI CEO Sam Altman, and prosecutors of former President Trump. Hmm. Uh, Then they also have Russian President Vladimir Putin on the list. Remember, the person of the year is not necessarily, it's not necessarily an honor per se. It's not recognizing the best person of the year. Otherwise, Vladimir Putin would not be on the list. It's the person who has changed the course of history the most for better or worse, although generally they try to avoid really controversial bad guys, but Vladimir Putin uh, on the short list, King Charles the Third and Federal Reserve chair jerome Powell, so kind of interesting uh, lists i don't know no. how many how many lists would have Jerome Powell, Vladimir Putin, and Barbie. <laughs> all on the list we'll see who the uh, person of the year is tomorrow and i'm not sure exactly when tomorrow they will announce it whether we'll be talking about it in the morning or we'll have to wait until tomorrow afternoon but tomorrow is the day speaking of uh honored people this was an interesting story certainly very buzzworthy. worthy eduardo santini a man who has previously been voted the most handsome man in Italy has, and, you know, if you ask the ladies, Italian guys, they're sexy. And uh, and Mr. Santini was voted the most handsome man in Italy back in 2019. Well, now he has decided to leave his modeling career behind and instead pursue priesthood. Wow. He's 21 years old. Despite a background in drama and dance, he announced on social media that he would be giving up his modeling, acting, and dance aspirations to focus on his faith. According to a report in the Daily Mail, Eduardo expressed that his decision was influenced by meeting people who exemplified the essence of being part of the church. He recounted living with two priests as a transformative experience and has now entered a preparatory course for the seminary. Uh, he is studying theology and serving in two parishes in, uh, in Italy. Uh, despite facing criticism and disappointment from some, Mr. Santini is determined to follow his chosen path, emphasizing his newfound happiness and identity. I don't know, in the minds of, of many, that probably makes him even sexier, you know? That's, uh, that's wild. Uh, give up, uh career of fame and fortune to enter the priesthood the most handsome he'll be the most handsome priest in italy i guess and uh this we talk about the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day if you haven't heard about this story and i can't give the whole details on this story in the time that we have here but if you haven't heard of this Look it up online, because the story is fascinating. This popped up on my news feed over the weekend, and I was reading about this story. It really is amazing. Story of uh, Pete Elliott, current and longest-serving U.S. Marshal in the state of Ohio, who is in a new report reflecting on his father's career as a U.S. Marshal. John Elliott, Pete's dad, is a leader in the U.S. Marshal Service particularly excelled in running the witness protection program during the heyday of the mob. But according to this uh, report out of Cleveland, despite his successful career, there was one case that eluded him. It was a bank heist in Cleveland in 1969, orchestrated by a guy by the name of Ted Conrad, who disappeared after stealing over a million dollars. He was, turns out, he was living under the alias Thomas Randelli until his deathbed confession to his daughter in 2020. Uh, a year later, 2021, Pete Elliott traveled to Massachusetts to close the Conrad case that his father couldn't solve. He met with uh, Mr. Conrad's daughter and his widow, who confirmed that her dad did tell her the truth just before he died. Ashley Randelli, uh, Ted Conrad's daughter, is now sharing her father's story through a podcast, and Pete Elliott uh, has appeared on the podcast, and it's uh, something that uh, he fully supports. Conrad Case left uh, the family financially strained and with a false last name. Uh, Ashley said when she learned... Uh, her father's true identity, she started questioning her own identity and everything she had known uh, about her father and about her family when they were growing up. It's just an amazing story. The resolution symbolized by a framed picture in the U.S. Marshal's office in Cleveland featuring the original 1969 arrest warrant signed by John Elliott and the official document closing the case signed by his son, Pete Elliott, the special note uh honoring uh john k Elliott. it's just it's an amazing story if you haven't heard like i said i, I can't share the full uh story because there's a lot more to it uh than that but uh, if you google the uh ted conrad case um i think this report was from uh, fox 8 uh the tv station in cleveland or uh, cleveland.com which is the Plain dealer's website uh anyway the the story is just amazing um and uh, there's a podcast about it, the whole thing. But that, because there's the Ohio tie-in and, and all of that, it's just a, such an amazing story. I wanted to share it. It is uh, worth checking out. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started.
1: WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchak. Your WTOL 11 weather. Rain or snow showers possible today. A high in the upper 30s. Mostly cloudy tonight. Uh, low around 30. A federal grand jury has indicted the former state public utilities chairman of Ohio who's accused of bribery and embezzlement crimes.
2: Samuel Randazzo is charged with 11 counts, including wire fraud and making illegal monetary transactions. He resigned from being chairman in November of 2020 after being accused of receiving more than $4 million from First Energy in exchange for giving the company special treatment. If convicted, Randazzo faces up to 20 years in prison. The long-awaited indictment marks the latest development and what has been labeled the largest corruption case in Ohio history. I'm Tracy Townsend.
1: The City of Finley says traffic will be affected on some Finley streets as crews move an apartment building this morning. A developer is moving the apartment building that was previously on Grand Avenue near the YMCA to West McPherson Avenue to serve as the bones for a new apartment building project. The city says from 9 to noon today, the building move will cause expected street closures on East Lincoln Street from Blanchard Street to Main Street on South Main Street from Lincoln Street to McPherson, and on West McPherson from South Main Street to Summit Street. People are being asked to avoid those streets from 9 to noon this morning as crews move that building. Get more on the project and the story on our website. The Fort Finley FOP Foundation is gearing up for its annual Cops and Kids Go Shopping event. The unique program pairs income challenged and at-risk kids with local law enforcement officers for an impactful holiday shopping experience. We spoke with Finley Lieutenant Dave Hill at last year's event. We're going to make sure that they uh, have a good
3: Christmas. We're going to get them some clothes, some boots and shoes if they need them. And then, uh, like always, we're going to end up with the toys, and we're going to get some toys uh, and fill the carts with that.
1: Learn more about Cops and Kids Go Shopping and how you can donate to it in the story on our website. The Ohio State Highway Patrol kicked off its 173rd cadet class with a signing day event. Recruits gathered at their closest district headquarters, including the Finley District, with family and friends to sign a letter of intent to become members of the next academy class. Don't forget, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com.
0: And now today's cover story it will be quite the sight later this morning. When some uh, local local developers will be relocating an entire apartment building from downtown to give a new life on the south end. Andrew Yates is uh, the man behind this plan and joins us uh, on the line this morning as uh, they prepare for uh, this big move. Uh, Andrew, first of all, thanks very much for uh, taking the time on what I'm sure is a, a very busy morning uh, getting ready for uh, for this. Uh, not something you see every day i've heard of you know moving buildings moving houses even but this is this is a whole building this may be the biggest building move that i've uh ever heard about
3: yeah yeah so um it's one of those things where the, the genesis of this was um obviously was aware that the ymca was going to be moving forward with um building a new new facility Mm-hmm. Look, looking to potentially demolish some buildings. So I I had proposed, you know, would it be possible um, for me to potentially reduce costs by taking one off your hands? So that's what uh, we had worked out. And at the end of the day, um, you do the math, and we were able to find a way to take off the roof rather than moving a lot of lines and move it to a new location, uh, make, making the projects viable.
0: Yeah. So talk about the logistics that are involved in this. I would imagine... They're pretty significant.
3: Yeah, there's there's a lot of people a lot of people involved. Uh, so O Odot uh O dot being uh the the main uh, main involved and then from there we have to they had to set up so many um escorts, the Ohio uh, patrol, and then we obviously have the city of Finley involved and then the moving company that I had hired. So uh, quite quite a few uh uh People involved in a lot of measurements.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of measurements. So how uh, so? How long has this been uh, in the works? I mean, this culminates obviously, as you were saying, it's not something you just do overnight.
3: Yeah. So this is this is something I actually looked back and, and uh, noticed in an email that was over over a year ago that I I kind of began the process. So this a lot of a lot of things that I do. It's it's not again as you said overnight. Even even something like this. Um, there's a lot of planning, a lot of preparation that goes into it. So it uh, kind of culminates in the next next couple hours.
0: What what I think is interesting about this, as you were saying, uh, the idea here is to reduce costs. The uh, idea of uh, uh, putting up an apartment complex on the uh, south end of McPherson uh, is something that was already in the works. Uh, is this really cheaper with everything that you have to go through uh like you said, removing the roof, uh, moving the uh, the building, and then of course setting it—you're uh, going to actually add to it, and so on. It would sound like—I mean, to me, it sounds like this would be uh, even more expensive. How is this actually saving costs?
3: Yeah, so uh, be- because the building was, I guess, sold for a dollar, uh, and between the cost, it's a lot of a lot of coordination, a lot of planning. But the cost of the move and the preparation, my 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 costs to do that, um, compared to basically building the structure that will be in place, hopefully later today, mm-hmm. um, it is substantially less. So that that's where again um, having having done the math many times, mm-hmm. it it checked out. So that's that's why I decided to proceed forward, e-
0: even with all of the uh, the things that you had to do to make this, uh, moving the building viable, still less expensive. That's pretty uh, That's pretty amazing sure. when you think about it. Well, one,
3: of the, one of the main reasons, too, is um, prior to doing this, I had an architect come check the building out. Everything is up to code, left sprinkling, so we need to sprinkle it yet. But outside of that, majority of everything in the structure currently is mm. up to code. Um, aesthetically, obviously, we're going to change a lot, and, and it's going to be basically new construction. Right. Um, but all of the bones, everything was in perfect condition as far as mm um code wise so that that made it viable
0: yeah so talk a little bit about uh what is going to happen now this is all going to start at uh 9 a.m right that's the uh, the schedule what is the the time frame and uh and and the route and and all of that kind of walk us through what will be happening today here
3: so um currently actually i'm not at the site right now but they're currently uh, at the site prepping it, moving it on directly onto East Lincoln, mm-hmm. and then at nine o'clock we'll be going west uh, on East Lincoln by the the YMCA to Main Street, and then turning there, which will be probably the most challenging in the in the route. Once we get on Main Street, we'll go south down Main Street to McPherson, then turn west onto McPherson, and then take it take it onto the site.
0: So, and this will take what about three hours? You, you know, in talking to them. Uh, and
3: even the um, the highway patrol, you know, there there are unknowns as far as um, each ter- each turn could take a little longer or shorter than expected. There's no definitive time, but yes, I okay. I would think within three hours. It could be an hour and a half or two hours. It, I didn't get a clear answer on, on specifically how long mm-hmm. it would take, but... Once yeah. it's moving, we'll basically go about a walking pace.
0: Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah. It's not something that you can uh, do quickly. I mean, obviously, this is something that will take a, a great amount of time. It's got to be done carefully. And I, as you were kind of alluding to, given the fact that it is in town with a lot of, you know, with a, a couple of ninety-degree turns here, that's going to be uh, a bit of a challenge. I mean, it's one thing to move a house uh, out in the country someplace, but this is actually in town. Narrower roads, uh, you know, sharper corners, a lot of things on those corners that you don't want to hit, and so on and so forth.
3: Correct. And actually, the, the challenge with this, um, you you would think it would be the width, um, but the height with uh, all the different data lines, um, street lights, everything. Yeah. We had to go along, and I think we probably measured five times to <laughs> confirm. But but uh, we also have the city of Finley prepared and ready to go with bucket trucks there. There will be some areas with, like, streetlights that will be close. In case we don't have a clearance or in case it's close, they can uh, basically take the arm, lift it up slightly to give us enough clearance. So hmm. we should, based on the measurements should be okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, now, there is uh, some rain that we're uh, getting this morning uh, here locally and, and uh, forecast for you know, rain and, and light snow showers. That's not going to create any issues, right?
3: Uh, no, it's not ideal, especially if it was a downpour. That's a little bit different story.
4: Yeah. Uh,
3: they, uh, the moving company that I had hired—it's been—it was challenging to get um, a uh, a date that we wanted, or, or closer to when we were ready to go. Because again, ODOT will tell us when that that would be. Mm-hmm. That being typically would schedule a rain date. Well, they had a hard time getting patrolmen um, to be able to, es- you know, escort the, right. the loads. Right. So that being the case, unless it was an absolute down for today, we're going to move it and shouldn't cause any issues. It's just obviously less, less ideal, but it'll, yeah. it shouldn't cause an issue with the actual move.
0: So what happens once you get to the new location? I mean, kind of walk us through that part. Obviously, uh, there's a site prepared to put the, the building down and then what happens, I, w- I would imagine, you're going to want to go through and inspect it and make sure that it it made the move without any uh, trouble or any issues, uh, things like that. I mean, what, what happens once it actually gets to the new location?
3: Yeah, once it gets to the new location, it will um, basically rest in front of the building pad where it will ultimately go. Uh, we are in the process of, um, we have the building pad built, getting ready to do the foundations here shortly. hmm and actually, the one thing we'll be doing next is uh, we'll get the foundation complete, the underground complete, and then this this uh, structure will get moved over top of that and actually raised up in the air. And then we'll frame <laughs> in the first floor underneath it, and then we will attach attach the two together.
0: Oh, wow. So, uh, so this existing building will be the second floor?
3: It will be the second and third floor of the location. Wow. Correct.
0: Wow. That uh, will be interesting in and of itself. So this is just the first of... Uh, a couple of different uh, parts of the process that should be uh, rather uh, involved. Um, so folks, will uh, I'm sure that there will be folks who will be uh, gathered uh, along the route to see this actually happen. Because like we said, it's not something that uh, we see every day. But for the most part, especially for commuters and people will be driving, this is an area that you're definitely going to uh, want to avoid. Because it's not like you're going to be able to move over and let people pass.
3: Uh, that, yeah, that, that's correct. The, the patrol will basically block off Main Street and the side streets as we approach and pass them. Uh, to my knowledge, I believe they will obviously be, re- be released them once we're sort of passed. So it will be yeah. obviously uh, temporary inconvenience, but it shouldn't you know shouldn't be all you know all of south maine all morning
0: uh again quite the sight uh that'll be happening uh through the course of the morning uh today moving this uh, building from downtown to the south end again andrew yates yates management with us this morning andrew thanks very much for uh, taking the time to kind of walk us through what will be happening here we appreciate it no problem and best of luck with the move so later this morning state representative john cross officially launching his campaign for another term in the Ohio legislature to be uh, filing the necessary paperwork to officially become a candidate. Mr. Cross, thanks very much for uh, being with us in the studio. In the studio. Time. I know. Good morning. Little, uh, Hopefully I sound
5: better in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> making you get up early and come yeah. all the way into the
0: studio here as yeah. opposed to uh, uh, just over the phone. Uh, this actually is the last, would be your last term in, yeah. the, uh, in, in the Ohio House. Yeah. Um, unless you were to uh, decide to uh, run for a, a different office, sure. but um, what are the feelings you know heading into this final, potentially final term?
5: Well, mixed emotions. I mean, yeah. good morning, everybody. It's nice to be with everybody this morning, but mixed emotions because one, where did those six years go? Yeah. I mean, so in the Ohio House, you can run for eight years total. You can run for four two-year terms and mm-hmm. so i'm excited today to officially launch our re-election yeah for our fourth and final term to be the state representative of the ohio house and the 83rd district but you know it's exciting because what i'm going to go campaign on is my experience and leadership and things that we actually got accomplished over the last six years mm-hmm. the good work that we've been able to do to um you know work on uh Pro-life, pro-adoption, pro-family legislation, continuing to protect our Second Amendment rights. Uh, during COVID, our our Constitution was challenged. We fought hard, even right here in Finley, using the example of the of creating the Business Fairness Act to keep all businesses open for business. Who knew? Who knew, Chris, that when I when I developed kind of a, a campaign slogan to keep Ohio safer, stronger, and open for business, who knew that was going to be yeah, tested the way that would be? That's applied. right. That's right. And 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 yeah. so we've we've we're excited to keep that going. Um, and and uh, it's it's an exciting day just to. To get back on the ballot, and let people know I want to go work for him again.
2: You
0: mentioned uh, campaigning and launching that campaign. It will be a little bit different this sure. time around because uh, you have a competition not just in the general, but for the nomination. Yeah. Uh, this year. For,
5: for, yeah, that's right. Republican primary a little earlier this year in March nineteenth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a very short primary season, but that's okay. Listen, I, I was I was very lucky, and I think maybe people understood. Listen, the first after my first election. The second and third election, I did not have a primary challenger. I think Mm -hmm. people knew uh, how hard we're working. In this case, those things happen. People have a right to run. But this is a good job interview. People have to understand when you run for office, whether it's two years, four years, or whatever your term is, this is a job interview. And you got to go back out there and let people know how hungry you are, how hard you're working, how dedicated you want to be. And so we we uh, we welcome uh, a good, healthy, hearty campaign for the primaries.
0: Does that uh, does that make it any more challenging in any way uh, to a campaign, given the fact that? you can't wait for the general you've got to start campaigning now and does it become more expensive
5: well it it, it's more pesky because because who wants to campaign in the middle winter? (laughs) (laughs) we we gotta we're all in all due respect for no matter who's running you've got a lot of races happening in the primary so there's commissioners sheriff prosecutors races we're all going to be out there pounding yard signs and, and, and uh, zero-degree temperatures. We're going to be knocking on your doors when it's really cold out. So if we come knock on your door and you happen to have some hot, warm cocoa, uh, please invite <laughs> us in because we'll take you up on the offer.
0: Um, you were uh, mentioning this uh, just a moment ago. Uh, I was going to ask you to kind of preview what that campaign is going yeah. to look like.
5: Sure. Well, I, I think this is really to let people know, listen, we somewhat, my campaign chairman, Matt Jennings, who's a good friend of mine, basically said in our press release that John Cross has been our conservative champion for the 83rd district. This campaign is to really go out there and continue to reinforce that message. Uh, Representing the 83rd district, which is Hancock, Hardin, Logan counties, and part of Logan counties, we have served as the conservative champion for the 83rd district. Not only have we protected our rights and freedoms, but we've worked really hard to bring back resources, financial resources, making sure that your tax dollars, my tax dollars that we send to Columbus, instead of our tax dollars being sent to Columbus and Cleveland and Cincinnati, I was down there uh, scrapping and fighting to make sure we got those resources back for our schools, our roads and bridges, our infrastructure, community projects. I think that's really what this campaign is about. It, in a final term, when you're a senior member of leadership, no different than being a senior member of high school or a senior in college, mm-hmm. you've got some really uh Uh, Great opportunities to use your experience and leadership to do good things for your district. And I'm just asking the voters for my final two years to really, because we're in the sweet spot of getting good legislation and good things done for Finley and Hancock County.
0: You mentioned the conservative leadership will be a uh, highlight of the uh, campaign, and in speaking with uh, Ty Matthews, your uh, opponent for the uh, nomination, uh, that is one of the things that he is uh, emphasizing as well. It seems like it will be a, uh, a challenge to, or the, the challenge will be to out conservative each, uh, each other. Is this going to be a race to the right?
5: Well, I know I think this is, this is going to be, listen, I, my, my race is going to be to reinforce my record. The good news is I have a record. People know exactly who we are, mm-hmm. what we stand for and the votes we have casted. And I think this really is going to be a campaign about experience, uh, the good news is there are term limits, and that does allow a citizen legislature to happen. So someone new is going to be able to run. Mm-hmm. It will be an open seat uh, two years from now. Right. I think what's really important, I think, to, to separate the difference in this race is experience and leadership right now. Uh we don't want to change the quarterback when he's throwing you know touchdowns in the end zone, and so I think right now i'm going to go knock on doors, continue to talk to voters about our record what we've got accomplished for the district, and ask them for two more years to keep doing the same
0: since you use the uh football quarterback analogy, uh and and this may be i obviously it is kind of getting ahead of itself a, a, a little bit but uh are you are you planning two years from now to run for a senate seat or move to a, a different uh a different, enter the transfer portal as it were to use another <laughs> football analogy you know uh i am
5: focused on running right now to do a really good job for these two years and then i'm gonna sit down and talk to my family and see what what's best Fair for enough. my family because at the end of the day i'm so appreciative of my wife christina and our boys carson and connor and the patience they have had to allow me to run there's nothing wrong with going back to the private sector either, yeah. and I think it's healthy. So yes, I could run for the Senate. The Senate will be open two years from now. Mm-hmm. We'll re- we're will we certainly looking at that, but I'm um, also looking, you know, could be go back to the private sector. Okay. So, but I just want to, I just want to run. Uh, focus on the
0: here and now. F- focus on the here and now. Uh, with respect to that, uh, there is business uh, to be done in the state legislature oh, yeah. for the job that you currently have. That's so right. obviously that going on in the middle of all of this campaigning, too. Uh, Most recently, and this kind of uh, goes back to one of the things that we talked about uh, when we had you on the program right after the election, uh, House Bill 341 has been uh, proposed that would revise the recently passed uh, recreational marijuana law, Mm -hmm. Uh, would provide uh, cities with some flexibility to restrict, uh, you know, dispensaries and, and things like that. That's that something that you support? Well,
5: certainly always. Uh, I try to put myself in a position to do the best I can to support local government decisions. So mm-hmm. so we sometimes give local governments the tools to do what they want locally, uh, and that legislation would do that. Uh, issue two, the voters passed that, and so even though it did get defeated here in the 83rd District, right? Uh, overall, Ohio, it's passed. So we have to go put some rules around that in the state of Ohio. So we're currently looking at, right now this week, talking with leadership on what kind of rules and how to implement that. It will create some tax revenue for our local communities. Mm -hmm. And so the big question is what would you do with that tax revenue? One of the things we are looking at is taking those dollars, reinvesting in law enforcement, Potentially funding for jails things of that nature
0: but you also have to be uh cautious because the rules are that this is a citizen passed initiative right. adding to the revised code so you're limited in how much you can tinker with that law for a certain period of time
5: yeah that's right i mean obviously we again not trying to circumvent the what happened with the vote but right. certainly we're I, for me it's it's really about safety Chris, this is making sure that, that drugs uh, that that now could be uh, uh, used in adults don't get in the hands of our kids. This is about making sure that back alley deals uh, don't continue to happen to avoid paying taxes on marijuana. So I think we have to really work, look at what other states have done and really try to make sure that we're, we're really putting safety first. I'm still against the issue mm-hmm. uh, personally. Uh, and I think there's a conflict obviously with the federal government laws. And listen, you know, you can't, drive and smoke okay you can't uh, go to work high it's probably not going to work out so well for mm-hmm. you so i think there's going to be some consequences people will likely face but but we'll we'll work on those rules and we'll get it all figured out and most importantly safety first on that
0: the uh, business of uh, the legislature in the state of ohio continues again uh, john cross with us uh, this morning He'll be filing today for a uh, fourth term in the uh, ohio legislature miss cross thanks very much for dropping by we appreciate it thanks chris if you're just not feeling so holly jolly this year you can certainly be forgiven saving your sanity can be a challenge amid all of the deadlines the family drama everything else that can stress you out this time of year well in case you missed it last week on the program saint mark's pastor dan Metzger joined us to talk about how not to ruin christmas it's the title of his new book i'm assuming that the overarching message here is to keep Christ in Christmas.
6: Yeah, there, that's obviously a big part of it. I mean, I'm a pastor, and so that's a, sure. that's a big uh, part of my focus. Um, but I think not only for, um, you know, for people who practice uh, Christmas from a faith perspective, but I think for all of us, we find Christmas sometimes to be more of a chore than a celebration. Mm-hmm. And for Christians over the centuries, we've looked at the Christmas season from a perspective of hope, peace, joy and love. And so often I think we find the opposites of those things. Yeah. So um in in each chapter I kind of talk about, you know, these these four different themes. Um there's I think for each of these there's an antidote to um you know when it comes to for example worry versus hope, um that really kind of, you know, comes down to well, where does where does faith come in? Um, you know, are are you are you um expecting god to do something good are you expecting something something beautiful and good to happen even in the midst of of hard things um so i i think it, there's always kind of a turning point where you can turn and you can go one way and and let yourself just be in misery or you can turn and go the other way and uh try to seek after some of the the really good things, the, the positive things of, of Christmas. You know, there's always conflict. There's always, you know, in all of our lives, we don't get we don't make it through life without conflict. We don't make it through life uh without, you know, some some rough things happening. And so a lot of it is our response to it. Mm-hmm. What what's our response? Are we are we gonna let it just weigh us down or are we gonna say, Hey, you know what, this is something that um the hope of Christmas, because of because of Jesus, we know that the worst thing is never the last thing, mm-hmm. and so because of that, we can have hope. We can we can go after peace. We can go after um, even joy in the midst of you know
2: misery
0: mm-hmm. and and all of those things. Uh, the cynic in me looks back at this and says, a lot of this is stuff we hear every year, and yet it doesn't seem to stick. So, what is it in this book that will? Uh, that will make it stick. That will, you know, th- that will drive that point home the way maybe it hasn't for some people before. I think what it comes down to uh, ultimately,
6: the thing that changes all of this for me is um, the fact that we're looking at Christmas not just as a time where we're trying to be happy or. You know, surface level happy, mm-hmm. but it's a celebration of the fact that God is with us. And if if Emmanuel, if that is true, if God's really with us, then anything we're worrying about, we can have hope for. Anything that is uh, a source of conflict, we can we can look towards peace, and, and we can have joy even in the midst of hard circumstances. Mm-hmm. So it's it it's going beyond the surface level of it, and understanding what. Christmas is about. The, the first Christmas uh, for Mary and Joseph, it wasn't that idyllic. It was it was rough. It was hard, but it was beautiful because, not because of their circumstances, but
0: because God is with us. Yeah. That's what made it beautiful. I love the way you uh, put that, the surface level happiness. How mm-hmm. often do we do that? We kind of put on the brave face and we put on the smile, even though maybe that's not the way we're feeling sure. uh, this time of year.
6: Yeah, I think, I think we all do that from yeah. time to time. I do that uh, from time to time. I don't I don't always feel, you know, mm-hmm. super joyful and yeah. everything, but um, it's it's constantly drawing us back to that um, that idea of what Christmas actually is. Yeah, uh,
0: there are also uh, some anecdotes uh, in the book, uh, some some stories that uh, people can kind of commiserate with.
6: Sure, <laughs> so, absolutely. Yeah, I talk about uh, the idea of when you're um, when you're first coming in, like in October, and everybody can probably remember this happening you know coming into a store and seeing candy canes mm. and like your chest gets a little tight because you're like oh man is it really coming already <laughs> yeah, here it is um and uh and the idea of what it's like you know sometimes during the shopping season and nothing's going right and you know somebody rear ends you in the parking lot mm. and it's just a mess how can we find how can we still find joy in the midst of those kinds yeah. of things yeah um and uh and really you know keep our eyes on on what christmas is
0: i want to ask you too just uh, about You know, writing a book because uh, was this something that you had thought of doing in the past? I mean, why why this book? Mm. Yeah, I mean, this is
6: something that's uh, is a new new thing for me. My Mm. wife has always kind of said you should write a book at some point in time, and I just (laughs) tell her I'm not really an expert on anything, so I don't really know what to write about. Um, But um, I try to. uh, This is going to be our sermon series for this Advent season, and. I try to work way ahead. And so when I was starting on this uh, back in March, um, I started thinking about this and I thought, you know what, this might be the book. Um, because if there's anything I am super passionate about, it's Christmas. I love Christmas. I'm one of those that, yeah, start the Christmas music early. Um, I'm 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 good
0: with it. But, yeah, great. you talk about uh, walking into the store in October yeah. and seeing the Christmas stuff yeah. out, and and getting yeah. you're thinking about this yeah. all the way back in March. Oh man, so. yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I start thinking about it
6: pretty early on, and so yeah, it's been it's this been a new process for me. I you know I write every week. I'm I'm writing a sermon sure. every week, yeah. and uh, I write it and then I set it aside. And so this has been something that I did, and then I've been working on for the last nine months.
0: Just out of curiosity, how different is it to write a book versus writing a sermon, or is it like the same thing only? It- you know, on a larger scale, yeah. it's definitely a different um,
6: kind of mindset. I don't have people coming through with a red pen on my sermons, you know, <laughs> fixing my grammar and everything, and um, and all these rewrites and uh, having so many other people look at it. Usually, yeah. Um, so it is a little bit different, but it's uh, it's been a really um, a really fun exercise to do. So, where do folks get the book? Yeah, so it's available on Amazon. Uh, you can just search for it on Amazon: "How Not to Ruin Christmas." Um, It's also available through Insight Resources. That's the publisher. And then we do have a few um, hard copies at St. Mark's. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you stop by, uh,
0: we'd be happy to give you one. Again, part of our conversation with uh, St. Mark's Pastor Dan Metzger about his new book, How Not to Ruin Christmas. And just to make sure that we clarify, it's a really easy read. I mean, with all of the other things that you got going on, the Christmas season, the last thing you need is for us to recommend you read a book. When am I going to have time to read a book? i got so many other things to do. I'm not going to add to your stress load. It's like 80 pages. You can get knock this out in a day or two. And uh, we've got a link to more information about the book at our webpage. Go to goodmornings.net. It's right there. And if you want to hear the complete conversation from last week with uh, Pastor Dan Metzger, uh, about his book you can check out the good mornings podcast edition wherever you get your podcast it was from this past monday so the monday right after thanksgiving uh, kick off the uh, the holiday season uh with uh, with his book it really is terrific and again goodmornings.net to learn more
2: you're listening to good mornings with chris oaks on thirteen thirty wfin wfin.com and 95.5 fm We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert.
0: To begin with the international file of the uh, broken news, uh, although uh, this is uh, actually in Denmark, but it is a warning for all of us globally. Do not use toasters to heat your electric vehicles. Uh, (laughs) I know that sounds like an unusual warning, but it is good advice. A driver in southern Denmark attempted to keep his car battery warm and accidentally ended up destroying his car and damaging his own home and a nearby home all at the same time. The cause of the fire, according to authorities, is most likely to be found in the toaster that the owner of the car had placed under the front of his vehicle to keep the battery warm. (laughs) You know, uh batteries in electric vehicles tend to be less efficient in the cold and so uh apparently the owner was trying to that was what motivated him to try and keep his uh, his battery warm with a toaster that he put underneath the front of the car fortunately no one was injured in the fire this past saturday but the owner of the car now faces a fine and he's gonna have to pay to uh, fix his neighbor's house <laughs> One more hazard of electric vehicles. You know, these things, they have them shielded to, to keep them warm. And if you're, you've got it in your garage, you're going to be fine. But uh, don't use a toaster to try and keep the battery in your electric vehicle warm. Not the preferred method of doing that. <laughs> Good advice. But How's uh, her in the uh, broken news? Max Alexander Krijakant, I think is how you pronounce it. Krijakent? Um Max, let's just call him Max by his first name. He's in Florida, and you know that this, you've got to have a story from Florida. You know this is going to be good. Max was arrested on Saturday after allegedly attempting to steal a $250 tattoo. How do you steal a tattoo? That was the first thing that I was, what do you mean he stole a tattoo? Did he? cut somebody's arm off and said no. He went to a tattoo parlor, got a tattoo, and then refused to pay for it. So, he's stealing a tattoo. What makes this really weird is that the the tattoo was of the Waffle House logo, apparently. The <laughs> $250 Waffle House tattoo. He reportedly received the ink uh, from uh, a local tattoo parlor on his leg and then tried to walk out without paying. When police arrived, and cops were called, they uh, searched Max, and uh, they found that he only had $6 and a driver's license on him. Um, he had to post $150 to get out of jail. He has pleaded not guilty to a misdemeanor charge of theft stealing the tattoo but i i don't know should he really be charged i mean isn't having a waffle house tattoo punishment enough (laughs) i mean let's let's think about it he's got to go through life with a waffle house tattoo that should be punishment enough (laughs) right right there uh let's see (laughs) we continue to follow that story Uh, In uh, DeKalb County, Iowa, Uh, two men are accused of bringing contraband into the county jail. Uh, They were arrested last week with items ranging from tobacco and marijuana to cell phones and other electronics. All things that inmates are not allowed to have. They're accused of trying to smuggle this uh, into the jail. What makes this story interesting and what caught my eye (laughs) is the deputies were tipped off. When these suspects, when they arrived to the jail, uh, they parked in a space reserved for sheriff's office staff. <laughs> that was their undoing. They parked in a res- reserved uh, parking space. I mean, if you're going to try and pull that off, uh, wouldn't you be really cognizant of making sure that you don't do anything to draw attention to yourself? Parking <laughs> in a space reserved for the uh, jail office staff. It's probably not a real bright idea. It just proves that these guys are not the sharpest tools in the shed. Uh, let's see. This from Arkansas, where a reward is being offered after several musical instruments were stolen from the First Assembly of God Church in Franklin County. How do you... Now, how... How rotten do you have to be to steal musical instruments from a church? Apparently, thieves broke into the church recently and stole guitars and a piano used during the uh, church services. That's the other thing. How do you make off with a piano, of all, of all things? Um, the pastor of the church, Darnell Johnson, says $1,000, they're offering a reward of $1,000 for information leading to the return of the instruments, which include a vintage mahogany red electric guitar that the pastor says was a gift from his father who passed away nearly 30 years ago. I mean, come on! You have no shame. Stealing musical instruments from a church. I mean, when they catch these people, they're going to face charges... Uh, no question. But, uh, you know, that's not the only judgment that they're going to. I wouldn't want to. <laughs> I don't know about the other judgment, the higher judgment these thieves may face. And finally, in the broken news this morning, <laughs> um, <laughs> a briefcase that uh man received from his grandmother recently is an early Christmas gift Ended up getting him into some hot water with airport security. A briefcase grandma gave her grandson as an early Christmas gift. Ended up getting him into some hot water with airport security. Here's what happened. Um, Brett Gaffney explains that he got stopped at the airport security because of the briefcase grandma gave me as an early Christmas gift. She said, don't open it until you get to California. That was grandma's instruction. Don't open the briefcase until you get to California. (laughs) So (laughs) he posted about this in a uh, TikTok video that now has over half a million views since it was uh, posted late last month. So he gets to airport security. He's going through the security line and TSA asks, what's inside the briefcase? And he said, I don't know, because grandma told me not to open it up. <laughs> that, was, that was a response that did not satisfy the TSA agents. <laughs> they, they asked, what do you mean? You're bringing a briefcase and you don't know what's inside? What TSA agents found inside the briefcase was a vintage typewriter. As it turns out, it was certainly nothing uh, that was dangerous. Uh, (laughs) but he was uh it led to some tense moments in the airport security line uh some of the uh, commenters to uh mr gaffney's video one person said the fact that you listened to grandma and didn't open it was so innocent um to which mr gaffney replied i'm a man of pure trust another user wisely pointed out uh the words I don't know it's a surprise are not ones that you should say to anyone at airport security. <laughs> they ask what's inside your response I don't know it's a surprise not what you want to say to security at the airport. Um a follow-up video posted a few days later showed uh Mr. Gaffney pecking away at his new toy along with the caption I didn't think I would ever really use this, but here we are. It's actually very calming. So, thanks, Grandma, for the uh, gift, and thanks to Airport Security for, for understanding. After some tense moments there for a little while at the Airport Security Line. There you go. Don't try that. Don't try that at the airport. When they ask what's in your bag, I don't know. It's a surprise. (laughs) We'll probably not go over well. That is today's Broken News Report, an update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines.
2: fin.com and on your smartphone tablet and Alexa devices
0: and now your daily download the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives are coming up on the end of the year and that means new year's resolutions i know a new survey from uh, forbes of Uth- uh, one thousand u.s adults it was conducted back in october Uh, Examine Americans' attitudes surrounding resolution setting and what types of goals people are prioritizing heading into 2024. And a couple of interesting findings. The most common New Year's resolution among those in the survey was fitness, which last year people were prioritizing their mental health. This year we're focusing on our physical health for 2024, specifically the uh, surveys uh, more people cite improved fitness as a top resolution compared to improved finances, 48 percent to 38 percent, 36 percent looking to improve their mental health, 34 cite weight loss as opposed to general fitness and 32 uh, percent say they want to improve their diet in the new year, 62 percent of those in the poll say that they feel pressured to set a new year's resolution. Women feel slightly more pressured to set resolutions than men, 64% to 60%, which I thought was uh, kind of interesting. By the way, women are also more likely to focus on fitness in 2024 compared to men, and it's about a 10 percentage point difference. Overall, 80% of respondents say they feel confident in their ability to reach their goals, 6% 6% say they lack confidence. And eight, we we seem to be very confident. Should we be? This is a separate survey of 2,000 adults who typically make resolutions in the new year. And they find that, uh, let's see here, just 5% of Americans who make resolutions stick to them for the full year. And over half, 52%, say that they are done By March, (laughs) 80 percent, according to the Forbes poll, uh, 80 percent of people feel confident. But the reality is that 52 percent of us give up on our resolutions by March and just five percent typically have the wherewithal to stick to their resolutions through the full year. On this survey, I thought it was interesting. Fifty five percent of Americans say it's time to ditch New Year's resolutions entirely. Just forget about it. Uh, in millennials in particular are the generation that say they are done with the classic resolution. We're just done with it. We're, we're over it. 66% of millennials say they're not even making resolutions. Why bother? Um, they asked why it is resolutions don't seem to work. 40% of respondents say they feel too pressured by result by the resolutions 34% uh, 34% say they don't create lasting change anyway, and 34% say that making and trying to stick to a resolution feels like a chore. Once again, time to get an update on what's going on at the Findlay YMCA. We say that now, there are a lot of things going on at the Findlay YMCA right now, but specifically. Uh, Talk about things that are going on uh, during the month of December. Uh, Functions continue at the YMCA. I mean, obviously, uh, got a lot of things going on. Jerry McNamee and uh, Derek Draper are with us uh, in the studio this morning. Uh, Obviously, a lot going on with construction and and things going on. uh, But Still open for business and all of that, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. We're currently still operating our normal business hours right now as everything's going on. Um, and, and with the East Branch construction starting today for okay. our uh, new 24-hour Access will be starting in January.
0: Yeah, so talk a little bit about this. This is uh, kind of exciting stuff here with uh, 24-Hour Fitness at the uh, East Branch.
7: It is. Uh, very excited. We're we're thrilled to have this. We've been working hard behind the scenes for about seven, eight months now to get this organized and, and working with people. This actually came as feedback from our current members. We did a survey last spring, and, and they all wanted more access So to, to respond back to our, our member needs and our community needs. Um, we, we started working on it, so... Like Derek said, we uh, construction on a, a bathroom will begin today, okay. um, and then we'll have some security upgrades. And then by January first, hopefully, we'll be able to have all access and and. People just, it's a $10 additional charge for a membership. You got to be 18 and plus, but you can come in anytime
4: that you want to during the course of the day.
0: So this is a pretty quick turnaround in terms of making this happen.
4: Yeah. So it's uh, like Jerry said, you know, we've been kind of working behind the scenes for a while now, um, making that happen. Just a lot of collaboration with people in the community as well to turn it around so quickly, um, which we're very thankful for because it is a big need, um, to, to get people active and continue and, and and make sure that we uh, get to all the people um, that are on third shift and second shifts because um, right. we've had a lot of uh, requests for that, too. So a lot of collaboration, a lot of work, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, work still to do, but we're very excited to have it happen. So
0: what, uh, talk a little bit about the facilities on the uh, east side. For those who may sure. never have been uh, sure. before, sure. may not know, mm-hmm. typically will go to the uh, downtown Y or maybe are not Y members, but considering it for the new year. Uh, what facilities uh, what's available? So
7: our um, our East branch is located at 1400 Manor Hill road. So behind Lowe's um, over there, Um, what we would look at there, you have five tennis courts and on those tennis courts are each their own pickleball courts. So there's Mm -hmm. 10 pickleball courts out there. Um, And then what we also have is what I would consider one of the finest heavy weight room, open weights, uh, free weight rooms in the, in Northwest Ohio. Very good. uh, A lot of, a lot of, good lifters there a lot of really big strong people out there um and then we have all our cardio area but for those one of our 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 selling points to the east branch is our downtown branches we have gyms we have pools but that also comes with kids and and i have a four and a six-year-old that's where we go the east branch by itself there's not a lot of kid-friendly activities there there's mm-hmm. no basketball courts. There's no. There's no pools. There's no any of that. So, very much a, a, a much more mature uh, yeah. clientele out there, and, mm-hmm. and much more quiet as well. Yeah. Um,
0: for some who who prefer that, yeah. who do. Yeah.
7: Um, and so that's that's kind of where we see a lot of our, our either our retirees mm-hmm. um, or our young adults that that don't want to be around kids. So those 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 twenty one, twenty two year olds. Um, and it it is. It's a really great place. Um, very familiar with everybody. Um, and then upstairs we have our TRX studios, our really cool um, punching for Parkinson's program, our Rock Steady program, um, and we have gymnastics, judo, but a big one. Those tennis courts and pickleball. Yeah. All the time.
0: And. Uh- now that is that is part of the uh, the membership. Is that a separate membership no, for
7: that is? Uh, if if you are a member of the Finley YMCA, you get to use either one of our facilities. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, so again, for those who are thinking about it in the uh, new year, we're coming up on uh, that time yeah. when a lot of folks uh, will uh, sign up or look at signing up mm-hmm. for uh, programs. Uh, for the new year uh, that is an additional resources. Yeah,
4: absolutely. And January is a perfect time, you know, and everybody wants to get the new year started. Um, So we do have good promotions for uh, non-members. So if you're looking to join, January is definitely the month to do that, where you can have the most savings throughout the year. Um, And like Jerry said, you do get Membership to the downtown branch as well as the east branch with one membership. So not a lot of people know that, that the one membership gets you to both locations.
0: Yeah. Uh, and as we were alluding to, uh, starting to uh, see some progress on uh, the plans for the facility downtown, but... That is still open. Everything uh, going everything, on there.
7: Everything downtown is, is wide open. Um, yeah. It's 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 fantastic. The pools are nice and warm. Um, took my sons there on Sunday just to <laughs> make them tired. <laughs> Didn't work, but we tried really hard. <laughs>
0: uh, by the way, a couple of things while we're uh, talking about things that are happening in the uh, month of December, you got the uh, Jingle Bell Jog uh, coming up here in about a week the and 16th, a half. sixteenth. Yep. Yeah, and uh, the uh, Dink the you mentioned pickleball. Dink, 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 Dink the halls. Dink
7: the halls. we are very yeah. busy the next <laughs> few weeks here because um, this weekend... Out at the East Branch, um, a community collaboration is is the Coats for Christmas. Right. So we're gonna we're uh, that that happens out at Courts Four and Five on our, our tennis courts. Um, so come out there, and then the following weekend we got the Jingle Bell Jog that is downtown. We'll start at Great Scott. Registrations open for that currently online, mm-hmm. and then Dink the Halls, which is a pickleball tournament, and it is open to anybody that wants to play. You don't have to have a rating. You don't have to have any experience. If you want to come try pickleball, or even just come watch it that day. Come on out, watch it, and, and see what all, in, all the fuss is about.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. It is one of yeah. the uh, hot things it uh, is. these days. So uh, more details on uh, that and everything else going on at the uh, Findlay YMCA, we've got it linked up at our webpage, goodmornings.net, so you can start there. Once again, Jerry McNamee and uh, Derek Draper with us uh, this morning. Uh, thanks very much for the update. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having Thank us. you, Chris. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program, of course. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, going out and make it a good day, we'll catch you back here tomorrow.